Hello and welcome to Lawrence Forking, Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen, and today we're interviewing owner Laura Wiley from Omar Shea. Today we're talking with owner Laura Wiley of Omar Shea. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Omar Shea is a market in downtown Lawrence, uh, and you, you feature a lot of, I mean, you just got such a cool collection of European, Scandinavian goods. I mean, everything from meats, cheeses, um, chocolates, coffee, cookies, you know, just just a whole great selection. And we're so excited to have you on the show today because with this time of year, um, that's one of our favorite traditions since moving out here to Lawrence is, is going and um, going to Omar Shea and it's great for stocking stuffers and all that. So we're just really excited to uh, learn more about, uh, you know, kind of how, how you came to be and, and uh, you know, what how the store has evolved over the years. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is our 23rd holiday season, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura. Are you from Lawrence? I am from Topeka. I grew up in Topeka, and then I came to uh, Lawrence to go to college. So I graduated from KU. Um, I moved away for a little while and then came back to open the store in 1998. So I think we read that some of your time away was spent studying abroad? Yeah, I did study abroad. So my junior year, I studied in a town in France called Besançon, which is in the province of Franche-Comté. It's um, an area of France that's kind of near to Switzerland and it's in the Jura Mountains. And it's just really, really beautiful. So that was my junior year. I was in France and traveled a lot. I had the, um, the Eurail Pass, you know, so that mm. I could go to lots of different countries with my friends. And we had a great time. It was, it was a really good experience. It was a very inspiring thing to live in France for, uh, I guess I was there a total of nine months. I really oh, wow. loved it. Yeah. In fact, I always tell people, if you're going to study abroad, I think you should do the whole year because especially if you're going to a country where you're learning to speak a foreign language. I remember specifically, it was right around Christmas time where everything finally started to click. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I'm staying. I'm so glad I'm not going home because now that it's finally starting to click, then my language skills really, really got better from mm -hmm. Christmas on until June when I left. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And having a longer time frame like that, I imagine everything's just much more immersive. You just get completely used to doing everything, you know, in France yeah. as opposed to having a, a shorter, you know, like prolonged vacation mentality about it if it's just a semester. Absolutely. Plus, I since I was there longer, I actually got to make uh, French friends. You know, I got to know people. I was there long enough to develop friendships and, um, you know, would be invited home on the weekends to different people's houses and stay with them and their families and just see how French people live. And it was just a great experience. I loved it. So is that part of where the, the inspiration came from for Omar Shea? <laughs> yeah. So the story is um, my best friend, Denise, was studying in a different town. She was in Aix-en-Provence in the south of France. And uh, I went there to visit her. And at that time, I think maybe it was March or April maybe even May. Anyway, I'd been away from home for quite some time, and uh, 
in Aix-en-Provence, there was this little market that was owned by a British lady, and she had British food, and she had American food. And so I didn't know that seeing things like Oreos and Skittles and Snapple would tug at my heart like it did. <laughs> but seeing things like that that I hadn't seen for such a long time that were just so American, I mean, I was just so happy. And it just was such a surprise to feel that way seeing something that I just always taken for granted, you know, Oreos, mm -hmm. who would think about Oreos being so important, but um, <laughs> they were that day. <laughs> so I just never, I never forgot how that felt to walk into that little store and see things from home that made me feel so, so good. And, uh, you know, at the time that I was experiencing that, I didn't think immediately, oh, this will become a business for me. I just thought, wow, that is so cool. And I just, I just kind of tucked it away in my, you know, back pocket, just something that I thought about from time to time. But that is, that's where it started. Even yeah. though I didn't know it was beginning, that's where Omar Shea started. So, so what ended up being the impetus for why you would start, you know, open it up? So, I mean, you, you, you came yeah. back, like you said, and then it yeah. kind of drove you to say, oh, yeah, I want to. Well, what happened was, so I graduated from KU with a degree in French and a degree in art history. Mm. And I thought that my dream, what well, my dream was, my dream was to work in um, like an auction house. And so I was very fortunate. I graduated from KU and I got an internship at Sotheby's, which is an mm. auction house in New York City. Yeah. And I felt super fortunate. You know, I think, wow, this is really the next step. I'm so excited. This is exactly what I want to do. And um, I hated it. I just <laughs> hated it. I, I couldn't believe how lonely I was in New York City. I couldn't believe, um, well, like, you know, you hear the expression, the rat race. I had never mm -hmm. really experienced the rat race before. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what the rat race means. It was just so different than what I had expected it to be. And um, it was a real eye-opening experience. I had always thought I'd love to live in New York City and work at a place like Sotheby's. But as great as an experience as it was, it wasn't the right thing for me. And so during my weekends when I was miserable in Brooklyn, <laughs> I would think about what do I really want to do? And that's when I remembered the store in Aix-en-Provence that I had found and how it had spoken to me so deeply. And I mm. thought, okay, maybe that's what I want to do. I want to open a store like that but, you know, European products in America. Right. Yeah. So how would you get back to Lawrence then after that? <laughs> so after my internship at Sotheby's was over, I came back to Lawrence. Um, I, I couldn't find a job right away. I started doing temp jobs. I ended up working at a place here in town that's a really great place called Pure Zone, owned by these really nice people who make janitorial supplies. And I started working there and it gave me time to think about what I wanted to do. And uh, ended up moving to Kansas City, doing things there and didn't like that. So I came back to Lawrence, met the people who owned Brits. And I said, you know, is there any chance that I could intern with you? And they said, no, we'll just hire you. And so I started working at Brits. And I realize I'm telling the story a little bit out of order. The end of the story is they called me one day and they said, we found this little space on Ninth Street in Lawrence, because I was in Kansas City at the time. And um, they said, do you think you'd like to 
open a store there and we'll help you. And so I did with their help. And um, one thing I didn't know is that when you open a business, you make absolutely no money. <laughs> so I, I worked all day at the store and then I worked at night at UPS in Lenexa. And wow. so that's how I lived was off of my, um, my UPS earnings. But I didn't mind because, you know, I was only 25. Yeah. I was young. I didn't care. I was doing what I wanted to do and I loved it. <laughs> so I never thought it, what have you, how wait, so you said ninth. So have you, you changed locations at some point or? Yeah, we are actually on our third location. Oh, wow. So we were first open at 19 West 9th, which um, I don't think it's Jewelry by Julie, but right there, if you can picture where Jewelry by Julie okay. is. kind of by Wheatfields. Yeah, yeah, so we started there. And then um, the space that is now House of Cha, it became available, okay. which was right next door to us. So mm -hmm. we moved out of the little place um, into the House of Cha spot. And we were there for a couple of years. Um, at that time, I was on the uh, DLI board, the Downtown Lawrence board, and so was Sarah Feynman, who owns Sarah's Fabrics. And she approached me one morning and she said, I've just bought the building and I'm going to turn Stoneback Appliance into two spaces. And I wondered if you and Brits might want to move over there. And we thought, that's amazing. Yes, of course we do. And so, yeah, Sarah offered the space to us and we've been her very loyal <laughs> tenant since um, 2003. Oh, we've wow. been on Mass since 2003 and it's just the best. She's the best landlord ever and we love our space and I just couldn't be any better. It's so cool to be right next door to Brits. Oh yeah. It just um, works out match. really well. Yeah, especially I like the way, you know, like the entrances where it's like Omer Shai on one side, Brits on the other side. I mean, it's just yeah. like perfect. You know, it's like you guys yeah. were made to be there. So, yeah, yeah, that's how we feel. We just felt so fortunate she invited us to be her tenants. And um, yeah, it was just one of the best decisions we've ever made. So let's talk a little bit about just all the different things you offer. I just want to touch on that just because, I mean, you, you, you have so many different options, uh, you know, just of, of things you have there. So, you know, what, what you know, Know, let's get into like the, I don't know, the meats, like, you know, you, you have a, you know, a, a meat and cheese counter, you have a, yep. a fr fridge for that. So like, what, what goes into curating that, I guess? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff for, you know, a smaller store. Yeah. So, so again, like think about how we started off where Jewelry by Julia is, you know, that was a teeny tiny spot. And so back then we just had mostly shelf stable products, you know, the cookies, the chocolates, but we did get a small refrigerator. We started selling cheese, and you know that was back in 1998 when none of the grocery stores had the amazing cheese counters that they have now. Yeah. <laughs> so we were selling all kinds of cheese. It was really, really cool. Um, and then when we moved next door to where the House of Cha is now, we had space to put in the deli case. So it's just definitely grown over the years. Um, it's grown because a we have the space to do more things. But B, and more importantly, is that we just always take requests from our customers. And so if people, you know, put in a request, if they're looking for something special, uh, we definitely try to find it. And if we can, then we'll bring it on if we think that, that there will be enough interest. So um, it's just been really fun to watch the story evolve over the last 22 years. And um, it's really thanks to our customers. We have so many European customers who share 
with us, what's important to them, mm. and lots of, you know, customers who are American but have traveled abroad a lot or people who just are curious about, like, what is German food like? What is Swedish food like? And mm -hmm. so um, we've been really lucky that we have really loyal customers who let us know what they're looking for and have helped us shape our inventory over the years. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I was wondering, obviously, yeah, we've seen it now that, you know, I think once we, you know, we moved out here in, in you know, 2013 timeframe. So I know when I went there, okay. I, was just always, I was just impressed by the the selection you had. So, yeah, <laughs> I was wondering how much of that was just, you know, just over time, how much you do that or, you know, how much you collect stuff or learn from customers or how much you kind of started with off the bat and kind of. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely grown because of customer input. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew a little bit, of course. I did know some yeah. stuff, but um, I didn't know much about German food when I started, mm -hmm. and that's such an important piece of our business now because we have so many German customers. So I've learned so much from our customers about German food. Um, and then one thing I never would have guessed is that there are so many Dutch people in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And so our mm -hmm. Dutch customers have really helped us um, shape our inventory and uh, that's been really cool to learn about over the years too all the different dutch and indonesian foods that our dutch customers are seeking out so what about um you know just other you know there's a whole you have a whole big wall there too with coffee and coffee and tea so what yes about, so so how'd that come about <laughs> yeah so the story with that is um some of your listeners may remember uh, the Bay Leaf, which was a kitchen store in downtown Lawrence that was open at least 25 years, but I think more like 30 or longer. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. But um, unfortunately, they did close. Um, um, Ann and Gunda ran it for forever, and then they sold the business. And unfortunately, it was, you know, after... Um, 2008 when things got really really hard mm -hmm. the new owner she just had to close the store and she called me and she said Laura I'm sorry to bother you while you're on maternity leave but we have all these customers who love our coffee and our tea and it would just be so sad if they couldn't get their coffee and tea after we close we wondered if maybe you'd like to buy it from us and so I thought about it for a day or two and I thought yeah I should do that and it's been amazing because they were right. They have so many customers who get the same coffee beans certainly every month, but often like every week. So that really grew our customer base a lot too. People who had shopped at the Bailey for 25, 30 years now started coming to us to buy their coffee and tea. Oh. Yeah, that was really cool. Oh. And if I can tell you my little story about President Obama. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, so the ladies at the Bayleaf, and I have to give them credit because they did it. It wasn't us. They started blending equal parts Kenya AA coffee beans with Hawaiian Kona blend. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, Kenyan <laughs> and Hawaiian, and they called it Obama blend. And <laughs> I thought, oh, my God, that's so awesome. And people really liked it, so we just kept doing it. We didn't change a single thing that the Bayleaf ladies were doing, so... All the blends that they created, we continued to sell. And um, so when President Obama was scheduled to come to KU in January of um, 2015, I think. Yeah, 2015. Um, my staff and I were talking about how wouldn't it be cool if we could get President Obama to come visit us and we could give him some coffee. <laughs> so I seriously just went to whitehouse.gov and you can send emails through whitehouse.gov. And so I just sent an email and I 
explained who I was and I said I knew that President Obama would be in my town in a couple of days and we would just love to host him because you know when you turn on the news you see presidents visiting yeah. small businesses and I thought well, we might as well ask right yeah so um, <laughs> why not right so honestly guys the very next day the phone rang at the store with uh, whatever that block is that comes on caller ID so you don't know who's calling mm. oh, man. and um, it was the White House, and they called, <laughs> and they said, President Obama has read your email. His schedule is too full to come to your store, but he would love to meet you. So would you and your family like to come? I always cry when I tell this story. It's just crazy. <laughs> and we were like, wow, sure. And so I thought, well, maybe that means we'll just get to watch his speech. You know, Maybe we'll get to sit somewhere close to where he's speaking. Right. It did mean that, but it also meant that we were, the four of us, my husband, my two children, and I, we were four of maybe, I don't know if it was like 80 or 100 people who, when we arrived, were ushered into this different room, and there was a curtain and everything. It kind of felt like the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> but and in groups, like, you know, couples or families, individually would get taken behind the curtain, and there was President Obama. Oh. And he was so, so kind. He had all these questions for me. He wanted to know how business was. He wanted to know how things were going for me. He was so glad that I had written. But then the thing that really got me was my daughter was probably four. Mm. And our son was, I don't know, probably eight. And my daughter did have on this really cute dress. And President Obama got on his knees and touched her dress and told her how pretty her dress was and gave her a hug. Oh. <laughs> and it was the sweetest, most, I just, incredible moment, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know, he was, he was a, what is the expression, a, a sitting president. You know, this man was in office. He yeah. was doing, yeah. he was the president of the United States. And we got to meet him, and he was so kind, and he just paid so much attention to me and to my husband and to my children especially, wow. and um, I'll never, ever forget it. It oh, was incredible. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, and it was all because of that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Best yeah. decision you ever made. <laughs> it really was. It was so amazing. Just totally amazing. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Yeah. That yeah, was, that was just a wild story. I, yeah, it's it, oh my god, it's just crazy to hear those stories where it's like, man, what a you know, one just just that he so so kind enough just to like take that time. I can't imagine all the different things he's got going in his head yeah. just to like actually yeah. be there present, actually like connect and be present. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. really amazing. Yeah, yes, and then like a month after that, open up the mailbox at home, and here's this big Manila envelope with my name handwritten in a sharpie. But then the, you know, up at the corner, it says the White House. And on the back, there's a sticker and it's a picture of the White House. And it says, from our house to your house. And inside of the envelope were two photographs of um, my family with President Obama. So we have these great photos on our mantle. And it's just so cool. That's <laughs> that is so cool. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Thanks for letting me tell you that story. Yeah. I just, that's probably like one of the biggest highlights of my Omar <laughs> career. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that's that's just really cool. Yeah, I mean, it just I, I really do think it speaks to just you know, too to the uniqueness of your store. I think it's just you know I think the the location is great. The this the the different products and just kind of the different stuff that you you've been able to curate. And I think that's something that you can't get. You know, you can't really get that anywhere else. Yeah. But. Well, I think one of the best times of year to go to Omarche, I mean, we go there year round for various things, but definitely at least my favorite time to go there is Christmas time because you have so much. I don't know, different things that just, I don't know, feel like the holiday season and it's always decorated so cute. So kind of tell us a little bit about some of the special things that you guys carry for the Christmas season specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, back to um, German food, which I was saying I didn't really know a lot about until after I opened the store. But I mean, Germans have so many great foods that they eat for the holidays. So things like Stollen, which is a traditional Christmas cake, um, Lebkuchen is uh, German gingerbread. Some is covered in chocolate. Some is covered with a sugar glaze. Um, all kinds of Lebkuchen. Um, but like for Scandinavian foods, we have um, Swedish potato sausage. We have this really stinky fish called Lutfisk, <laughs> which people love to make fun of. Um, we have Bondos, which is a cheese um, that people eat uh, for Swedish Christmas. Um, we have marzipan in the shape of pigs. That's both a German and a Norwegian tradition to give a marzipan pig on New Year's Day for good luck. Mm -hmm. That's a fun thing. Um, you know, advent calendars, of course, mm -hmm. and, um, all, all kinds of great stuff, yeah. you know, all the different chocolates. Like you were saying earlier, stocking stuffers. I mean, I guess it's okay to toot my own horn. I really think that Omar Shea is like stocking stuffer central oh, yeah. we have yeah. so many amazing things that are little that you can put in stockings or if you're like making your advent calendar from scratch we've just got mm -hmm. all kinds of great treats yeah because mm -hmm. you, you have candies there that i mean you can't get i mean it's all you know those european candies or you know it's brands yes. and stuff that you can't get in a regular store so it's yeah really cool. And I would definitely be remiss to not mention that we're also the only place in Lawrence where you can get Christopher Elbow chocolates yes. from mm -hmm. Kansas City. So, um, you know, we have all the amazing European stuff, but then we're very, very honored to be um, Christopher Elbow's retail partner in Lawrence. And that brings in a ton of people. I mean, people mm -hmm. love Christopher Elbow so much. And now we're also working with um, Coco Dolce from Wichita, which is another chocolate um, maker and their stuff is excellent too but yeah it's always been such an honor to um, work with Christopher Elbow and I feel like I have a piece of his history I don't know if you guys know his story but he started out in the back of a furniture store in Kansas City mm. and the chocolate case that we have is his original chocolate case no he let us buy it from him for super cheap um, when he moved out of the furniture store he built his own spot in the crossroads and the entire uh, building is temperature controlled to keep the chocolates mm. at the right temperature. Mm -hmm. So we have Christopher Elbow's original chocolate case. <laughs> oh. So how'd that connection? <laughs> how'd that connection come about? The, the, you well, you know, again, like I was saying to you guys, that you know, our inventory has evolved from requests. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a request from um, a customer. It was one of my staff members. She got some Christopher Elbow's a gift, and she brought it to me. And she said, Laura can you call this guy and see if we could sell his chocolates? Because they're amazing. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I could try. And I have to tell you guys, Christopher Elbow is so great to support because clearly he's 
making an amazing product, but he is the nicest man ever. And it's so nice (laughs) to work with people who are kind and wonderful. And Chris Relbo is just a really, really great guy. And uh, we were one of his very first retail partners. So that's an honor as well. But um, yeah, I just, you know, asked him, can we sell your stuff? And so I invited him to come see Omar Shea and make sure that, you know, it would get his stamp of approval. And uh, luckily he liked us and liked our store and said, sure, let's give it a shot. Yeah, once yeah. again, just all those connections you make over time, right? That's It's so true. Yeah, yeah it's such it's great. Really I mean, the, dis- the display is so beautiful. Like, it's like I just, some, some of those candies, I'm like, I almost can't believe you can eat them because they're so, <laughs> so shiny. That's what people always say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we're lucky, too. I feel like the store in general looks really good because I have um, Jill Riley, who is our creative director, and um, she just makes the store look good from head to toe. So that's something that I do not excel at. And so it's important to have the right people mm-hmm. in your, totally. you know, in your group. Yeah, you guys yeah. always have really cute window displays, too. Um, like when you're walking you. by on Mass Street, I always love looking in to see what's kind of set up for different times of year. I always love the, yeah. the springtime one, like around Easter. It always looks like super cute then and Christmas. Oh, and yeah, it's just one of my you. favorite things to look at, walking up and down Mass. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, one thing I'm looking forward to is in a couple of days, we're getting a gingerbread house. Um, so uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, you know, normally they have this big gingerbread event, mm-hmm. but this year, to be able to make it a socially distanced event, um, different stores in downtown are displaying gingerbread houses, and then people will be encouraged to just walk around and take a look at all the gingerbread houses. Oh. So oh, in a few days, cool. we're going to get a gingerbread house for our front window, and we're really looking forward to that. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, going off of food a little bit, I mean, you have a lot of other things other than food too, you have a lot of cool, um, you know, kind of cool other things, you know, going on that whole stocking stuffer idea. I mean, you got a lot of other <laughs> things like, you know, you got candles, you have, um, like you know, lotions, other kind of bath and body type of things. Yeah. Um, and one that we really wanted, to, I know you have a lot of it and it's really piqued our interest was those cellulose, um, dish Oh cloths. my gosh. Yes. They are Swedish. Um, yeah. they're Swedish cellulose dishcloths and, they are incredible, you guys. If you haven't used one, oh. you should just give it a shot because they don't leave streaks. You can use them on your stainless steel, like if you have a stainless steel fronted refrigerator, for example, hmm. or if you have a marble countertop, they don't leave streaks, so they're really good for cleaning. Um, you know, surfaces like that, they're good for cleaning, cleaning in general, but cleaning surfaces like that is really um, good. And then... Um, to sanitize them, you can just put them in the top rack of your dishwasher, or if they're damp, you can pop them in the uh, microwave and just zap them for about 30 seconds. And then um, they're biodegradable. So, you know, if they just get too dingy and you just don't need it anymore, you can just cut it up or rip it up and throw it in your garden. And uh, there you go. You haven't, you know, really? thrown it away. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. But people love them. So we have, I mean, it feels like we have hundreds and hundreds of yeah. styles. I mean, I wish I could tell you exactly how many we have, but we have tons. They're yeah. just just really a cool product. Yeah, that's what always caught our eye. We're like, man, they have like, I'm like, you just see all the, oh, we're always like, oh, it's a really cool pattern. I'm like, what is it? I'm like, oh, it's a dishcloth. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but I was like, oh, all, the, all the patterns are really cool and yeah. um, definitely kind of keep them, you know, kind of seasonal even too. You keep mm-hmm. it up to date pretty, pretty, yeah. Pretty, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have, you know, different colors for different seasons, but we have them for different holidays. And we have like three or four with sunflowers on them because, of course, people here love sunflowers. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, tons of choices. They're a really great product. The Swedish cellulose dishcloths are a big thing, but um, the very first non-food item we started selling um, was French soap. And so mm -hmm. our soap selection has really grown. We have uh, soaps from France, from Spain, from Sweden, and from Italy. And so we have really you know, dedicated customers for just the soaps alone. <laughs> and then when you're talking about stocking stuffers, I was going to say something stupid about stockings because we sell a lot of socks. Well, that's true, I don't know yeah. if you guys have seen our socks. Yeah. But we have this brand called Ozone, which is um, actually made in Colombia, I believe. But they have lots of Scandinavian um, themes to their socks. Like they have some with dollar horses on them, which is a really popular one. And then we have some socks that are made in Sweden by a company called um, Bengt and Lada, which is a husband and wife. And a couple of years ago, my husband and I were in Stockholm, and we stopped by their store, and Lada was working, so I got to meet Lada, and that was really cool. Hmm. So, yeah, our socks are really great. Oh, that's awesome. So have you yeah. and your family done a lot of traveling as research for the store? Because what a great job. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be great? I have to do that all the time. Um, my husband and I have traveled a fair amount. Um, we certainly haven't traveled as much now that we have kids. <laughs> um, we have a 14-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter, and um, when David and I went to Sweden a few years ago, that was for our anniversary, so we did not take them. <laughs> but we went to Sweden, and we went to Iceland a couple of years ago, and that was great. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe five years ago, I, I went to Paris by myself. I have customers who always tell me they like to rent an apartment in Paris, and I thought, that would be really cool to do sometime. Mm. So... I just decided to do it. I went to Paris and rented an apartment for a week, and then, um, and that was amazing. And then this best friend I was telling you about, Denise, who was studying in Aix-en-Provence back when we were in college, she and her family had moved to Bordeaux for eight months, um, and so I went to Bordeaux, and that hmm. was really great, too. That was the last time I was in France, so that was about five years ago. Nice. Yeah. How's, your, how's your French? Yeah. Does your French hold up, or...? My, yeah, I did great. I, um, I mean, I will brag. I mean, I had some French people ask me where I was from. Like, well, certainly you're not American. And uh, I always take that as a, as a compliment. Totally. I'm not sure if that's mean to say. But I guess I think it means that my accent's a little bit better than, um, you know, like your average high school French yeah. <laughs> um, speaker. But yeah, no, I did great. And I don't know. It's just really fun. That kind of mm. thing fills me up to get to travel and speak in a foreign language yeah, i just love that's that great. yeah i mean that's a big thing we, i mean we love we love traveling as well and um it's that i think it's, I think it's partly why we're so drawn to your you know drawn to your stores that's like oh yeah it reminds us of the places we've traveled right or things yeah. we do and um yeah i mean it's uh, even a uh, kristen's family has a uh, norway origins too and we actually did a trip oh, cool. there yeah we got to do a trip there a couple of years ago and um i remember as we were getting ready for the trip or whatever you know we try, we we're like oh i bet Omar Shea has some stuff for, you know, has, has some things and, and we ended up getting, 
The brown cheese. Brown cheese, yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask yep. you that. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The ectoyetos. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's, like, so important. Yeah. And then to be able to find it here. And I've got yeah. um, a fair amount of Christmas presents for my, you know, Norwegian family from El Marche over the years. So uh-huh. it's always fun to know that there's kind of a, a go-to spot to look for mm-hmm. fun little things. So I, th- I think that was interesting. I wanted to touch on what you said earlier. And that was a question we had was kind of around, um, you know, how, yeah, what is the biggest pot? You, you said ger- German populations big and all that. So uh-huh. did you know that coming, you know, starting up the store that there would be a, I mean, cause no. with the university, I assume, I mean, there's obviously a little bit, you know, I'm sure that brings yeah. in a good amount of it, but. No, I always tell people, I mean, I, like I said, I was 25 when I started the store. <laughs> yeah. I was dumb, you know, I just was lucky. I mm-hmm. just, I didn't have. I didn't have a lot hanging over my head that would make me too nervous to just keep trying new things because it was me and my cat, okay? My car was paid off. My rent was super cheap. I lived in a house just down the street at 9th and Connecticut, and my rent was like $300 a month. Mm -hmm. So I had very little to worry about, and I had um, room to make mistakes. So, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there would be so many... German people here or Dutch people or Scandinavian people and um, I just I just learned as I went along and mm-hmm. customers have always been so kind and really interested to share with me what is important to them and um, I just feel like it's just been a great relationship yeah. I'll say for me with all of my customers yeah. I just feel really really lucky. And what's it take to import all these products? So that's the, that's a, I'm just trying to think of how you, how you do that. Well, that's the thing. I'm, there are lots of distributors in the United States that okay. can order the types of things that we sell in huge bulk. So honestly, I'm not having to deal with customs for food. That's, um, yeah. that's some good. of the gift items I import directly, um, I don't know if you've been in and noticed the little Prince towels that we have. And mm. we have a French line of socks called Archiduchesse. Those things I import directly. And that's not as difficult because, you know, none of them are perishable. Mm-hmm. So we work with distributors in like the Chicago area mm. and New York and New Jersey. And um, that makes it a lot easier to do what we do. Yeah, it makes sense. When I thought, when I yeah. saw the, when I see the cheeses and the meats, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a headache if you have to actually deal yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. So now we're lucky we don't have to deal with customs for things like that. That would be difficult. Yeah. But how do you find those relationships? I guess with you know these those couple of places that you import directly and all that. How do, how do those well, get? That's the thing. I've always wondered how did stores like mine do so well before the internet you know right because I was thinking you know when I I said to you that when I lived in France I made um, friendships with French people well unfortunately that was before the internet existed Mm. so that was certainly before Facebook so unfortunately I've lost touch with some of those great friends I made in France um, because you know keeping in touch with people wasn't as easy back then Um, but now with the internet you know I can definitely do a lot of research online but um Luckily, there are great trade shows. Like, there's something called the Fancy Food Show, and that happens in New York, and it happens in San Francisco. And going to those is a great way to meet new vendors to hmm. see what's out there. Cool. Yeah, and those shows are attended by a lot of um, European manufacturers as well as well as American manufacturers. So hmm. that type of um, trade show is a really good fit for for Omar Shea. Yeah. 
Is there anything that you have brought into Omarche just because you wanted to have it there, but maybe it wasn't necessarily <laughs> something that was like a big seller otherwise, but since you like it, you wanted to have it? <laughs> oh, that's such a great question. Um, well, I mean, like I was thinking about like, what would I carry if no one else wanted to eat it but me? Um, so despite the French name, I do have a lot of love for Swedish traditions too. Um, my family, my, on my dad's side, um, we would always have Swedish Christmas, Swedish Christmas Eve. So I grew up eating a lot of Swedish foods at the holidays. So there's this thing called Swedish potato sausage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if no one in Lawrence bought that, I would still buy it because it's a part of, <laughs> you know, my life. It's how I've grown up. My mom, that was true. My mom claims that the very first solid food I ever ate was Swedish potato sausage. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was born in February, and so I guess by December of that year, yeah, that I was out. eating Swedish yeah. potato sausage. Yes. <laughs> Aww, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. So that's an important thing for me that I would definitely always carry, even if no one else bought it. But things like herring, like pickled herring, we don't have a ton of customers who love pickled herring, but I love it, so I'll always carry that. Like the Abba herring and aquavit, like that's the best thing ever. But mm. I can understand why people are afraid to try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely takes a, a brave soul. A brave, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you, and you talked a little bit about this already, but I, it just over the years, how, I mean, what's the biggest thing you've seen change or, you know, you've been in business, you said, what, 22 years? So, yeah. so like, what, what, how have you seen this? Have you seen? I don't know, the whole, the whole atmosphere change. And... Well, you know, I was thinking about like what's going on currently with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned briefly like 2008 with the recession and that's when we took on the coffee and tea from mm-hmm. the Bay Leaf. Um, that's when I really noticed a lot of people buying chocolate. It really was around 2008 with the recession when I really took notice of how much chocolate we were selling. Mm-hmm. And I think it was comfort Mm-hmm. purchasing, people buying things that um, help them feel better. Yeah. And so we're still selling a ton of chocolate, but um, we're now selling a bunch of stuff for cocktails. We um, <laughs> are selling a ton of syrups for people to make cocktails. Um, we have those really incredible Italian cherries that people put in their cocktails, mm-hmm. uh, ginger beer, that type of thing. So um that's something I've noticed that I think is a direct, um, it was a direct result of the stress mm-hmm. that people are under at this particular moment in our lifetime. It's just, it's just been fun to, we've already talked about this, but it's just been fun to watch our inventory evolve as the years go by. And right. I'll just say it again. I'm always impressed by how many Dutch people live here, German people and Scandinavians. So despite the French name, we don't have nearly as many French items, as uh, you might think, because we really want to cater to the people who are shopping with us. I mean, that right. makes my customers happy and keeps my business in business. So it's, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And something else that's changed over the last 22 years, I know you've said your two kids help you out in the store yes. um, from time to time, which has to be great. What a great feeling. Yes, I love it. Yeah, our 14-year-old is um, more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy, so he'll help price stuff or work in the basement. Um, We do one thing, you know, one thing that's changed from COVID is we're learning how to do business, I'll say, in additional ways 
And so we've been doing lots of really cool things like different gift bags. And so our son Asa, he built 75 Halloween treat bags at Halloween because we sold a ton of those. And that was fun to have him involved. And then our nine-year-old daughter, Elise, she loves the register. So she rings people up all the time when she's there. And (laughs) I have to tell you, customers love that. They love being rung up by a a nine-year-old girl (laughs) who's very confident and friendly. And um, I've gotten emails and um, uh, you can text customers can text business owners via square like if you get a receipt via square you can text the business so anyway I get emails and I get texts from people and they'll say things like thank you so much for helping the younger generation learn how to be kind to customers and how to be responsible in a retail setting and uh, I had never really thought about how my children working in the business would have an effect on people in those ways, but mm. I don't know. It makes me feel good. I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that our customers are enjoying seeing my kids um, being a part of the business, and I really enjoy having them there. It's just it's just really fun to share it with them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think either of them will keep the store going at any point in their adult lives because um, I think that you know they have different aspirations mm-hmm. but um that's okay it's just fun for them to do it now oh, totally. while they're here and yeah. i just like sharing it with them yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i mean it's been a obviously the, a, a big part of your life so to be able to kind of bring them into it and kind yeah. of make it a family family affair there it's, it's nice yeah yeah before i had children i always said that omar shea was my baby because i didn't really know what it meant to have a child <laughs> now that you know now that i have two real children human children i don't necessarily think of omar shea as my baby anymore but um it certainly is one of the biggest parts of my life and it's one of the most important things that i've done oh, yeah. Yeah. and luckily it's still fun every day is still really fun oh, yeah that's awesome yeah. Another, we've talked to other people who started businesses, and I think you know one of the things that I think is always interesting too is is you you get to work with a you know especially in retail you tend to work with a pretty you get to see a lot of a lot of those younger generation you know you know people probably in college or something coming through and and sometimes maybe their first job or something like that yeah. what's it what's it been like to kind of train them and you know go through well, that experience. You're asking me that at a really great moment in time because I have the most fabulous employee right now. Um, her name is Emerson, mm-hmm. and she uh, is doing her gap year between high school and college, and she's incredible. She's so, so good, and it's been really fun to um, you know, just teach her what we do throughout the day, and she has really just been so eager to learn everything, and she's doing such a great job. Um, and then I also have a 14-year-old right now named Sid, who is a friend of my son's. And Sid is one of these kids who has never met a stranger. He can talk to anybody. And so I hired him to do crowd control because with COVID, we have to keep our numbers down. And so it's been really fun to have this 14-year-old boy, Sid, working on Saturdays. And he does, you know, he he facilitates the one in, one out. You know, if we're, if we're at capacity, if we're at 15 people, he stands at the door and he lets people know when they can come in. And uh, it's just been fun to mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, make a small mark on younger kids' lives right. and help them learn, you know, maybe some different responsibilities that they wouldn't necessarily learn at home and hopefully broaden their horizons a little bit. 
And I so. imagine it's, you know, like you said, important to have a team, you know, the team of people that, you know, if you have a good mix, mix up of the team you work with, then I mean, obviously they, they bring something else to you that you probably didn't know, or you know, you learn something from them and they're learning from you. Yeah. So it helps. Yeah, grow absolutely. Grow. Absolutely. Which I've been so lucky too. Like I have a couple of people who've worked with me now for 10 years or longer. And, um, that's important too, to have people who stick around. You know, I have some people Mm -hmm. who are older than me who work at the store and have worked there for a while. And I have people who are, you know, maybe 10 years younger than me. So we have all ages and, um, it's usually mostly women, but, um, we often will have, you know, one or two guys on staff, but, um, yeah, it's just it's just nice. Different generations mm-hmm. and different outlooks. It's been fun. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the, the different things that you're doing to make Au Marche possible during COVID. I know you're doing um, like online ordering or even phone ordering. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as you said, you know, limiting the number of people that can come into the store. Yeah, absolutely. So at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, we were so impressed by how quickly customers just transition to calling us to place their orders you know a lot for curbside pickup a lot for delivery and um we were so grateful and um it was scary you know Mm -hmm. i just everything was so different and Mm -hmm. um i just remember we would have to we we would close at four o'clock in the beginning because it was so stressful like my brain would hurt my head physically hurt every day by four o'clock um but then you know as we adjusted and kind of got better at making these changes um we went back to more normal hours and so yeah we're still doing a lot of curbside we're still doing a lot of delivery um i was mentioning that um we've been doing different like gift basket promotions and things like that one of our very first ones we did was um the idea of Julie, who works at Omar Shea, she said, why don't we do May Day baskets? And so that was incredible. We sold like 130 of those. And what was really neat was we collaborated with Owen's Flower Shop. Mm. And so that was cool to do a collaborative effort like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we did our Halloween treat bags, we collaborated with The Roost across the street. Mm. And it just feels good. You know, at Easter time, we collaborated with um, Mass Street Soda on some stuff. And mm-hmm. it just feels really great. That's one of the I think better things from COVID is um, learning how to think about doing business differently mm-hmm. and thinking about our neighbors, like how can we help each other? Mm-hmm. And um, it's been it's been really fun, and I will say heartwarming to do those collaborative efforts with our neighbor businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the website, I you know we've been trying to get more of our products online. I mean, we're learning, I would say, every day what people really would like to be able to buy from us online. And that's just an ongoing um, project. It takes a long time to get inventory mm-hmm. online, but totally. we're working yeah. on it. Yeah. 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 That's really, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's been really impressive, I think, you know, just seeing how every business has adapted. And and like you said, there's been a bunch of collaborations, especially just, just looking at Mass Street and all the different businesses yeah. down there. Really, I've just been always impressed at this whole time. Every time something new pops up, I'm like, yeah, like now that you see it, you're like, that makes so much more sense, so much sense to collab for those two businesses to collaborate. But yeah, it feels good. 
it feels good and it helps actually, you know, I think it helps get the message out too. Cause you know, let's say both businesses use social media really effectively. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Owen's flower shop really helped us gain a lot more customers because they'd never shopped at Omarche before mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought of, I should tell you too, that we're doing is, um, we're offering shopping by appointment oh, yeah. and that's, that's been very much appreciated by certain people. Um, cause you know, I definitely respect that there are customers who do not feel comfortable coming inside mm-hmm. and those people who have made the appointments so far have just been so, so appreciative of the opportunity to make an appointment to come in and shop where they know that at the maximum there will just be five customers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been really successful for us and something that I feel good about. We offer shopping by appointment where a person can sign up on signupgenius.com and we let people shop Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings before our normal hours and then Tuesday and Thursday evenings after our normal hours. and. That's been a cool thing to do too. Yeah, that's really great. You have any other, uh, you know, are there any, um, you know, with, with Christmas here, any big uh, products you're you're wanting to kind of promote out there? Mm. Or? Gosh, well, one thing I have to talk about is um, Drake's fruit cakes. I don't know if yes. you guys have heard of Drake's fruit cakes, but. Um, this is their 95th year, Whoa. and um, it's Don and Maria Martin who make the fruitcakes now. It was Don's great uncle who started making the Drake's fruitcakes, and they are a local favorite, and we are really, really lucky to get to sell their fruitcakes for them because people come from all over. We sell those on our website. People call from all over to have them shipped, and, and that's just a really neat thing that we feel good about. So Drake's Fruitcakes, if a person's never had a fruitcake, <laughs> they have to come try Drake's Fruitcakes. It's a totally different thing. Everyone loves them. Yeah, we, we haven't tried it yet. I've always, I've always seen you, I've always seen it out there, but I've, I've never never tried it. So we'll have to. This is the year. This is the year. <laughs> yeah. This is the year. It. And another question that we've been asking people, um, you know, this year especially, is what's been your go-to local takeout order during COVID? Oh, definitely. So I love the roost. Um mm. They make this iced mocha for me with um, coconut syrup in it. I mean, they mm. probably do it for other people too, but I just <laughs> love it. So I love my iced mochas with coconut syrup from the roost. And um, I mean, I could get that every single day of my life and be really happy. That's like an almond but joy. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I know. Almond joys at Milton's too. So no, my places that I go to are the roost and wheat fields and... Um, Milton's and then you know I would eat at free state every day too if I could (laughs) I would say that um the roost and wheat fields are Mm -hmm. are my faves I love I love both of those places yeah those are solid and there's a lot of choices down there so it's kind of hard yeah (laughs) yeah it's 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 been great talking to you I'm I'm really I'm really glad we were able to to set this up and and, and chat with you I mean it's just you're doing such a such an awesome, awesome job. I mean, just, we love everything you, you do and the, and everything you continue to do. So just. Well, to... thank you. I really appreciate that. And, um, I mean, I've said this a few times now, but, um, I just feel so lucky because we really do have some of the very best customers ever. And, um, without them, I, there's no way I could have done this for such a long time. I mean, yeah. obviously you have to have customers to stay in business, but, um, I just am really 
honored, honestly, by how many customers have um, taken the time to get to know me, like want to have conversations. I've learned so much about people and their families. And um, I mean, it's definitely a major part of my identity. I can't imagine anything else I would rather do. And I feel so lucky to get to do what I'm doing in this town. I love Lawrence so much. And um, it's just really been such an honor to get to know so many people over the years. And I just feel really grateful. Well, Laura, thanks again so much for talking with us today. We just have had a blast talking with you about Omar Shea. Thank you. It's been really fun for me, too. Yeah, so um, everyone can, um, you know, if you haven't been there, check them out right on Mass, uh, 931 Mass Street. So right there, um, right there in the heart of downtown. So yeah, check you out. You have, uh, you're on social media too, right? You're on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out there. You know, you do you do some nice videos on there too, displaying some of your products. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's thank cool. Thank you, yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, yeah, if people can't picture where we are, we're down the street from Weaver's on the same side of the street as Weaver's and we are across the street from the roost and the yarn barn. Perfect. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely check them out. Get It's Christmas time. Go online, go there, check them out and, and let's, uh, let's bring in the new year. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, happy holidays, you guys. Yes. Happy holidays yeah, you to too. you too. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Forking, Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Laura Wiley of Omar Shea. If you're able to support the local food scene and local businesses this holiday season, we really encourage you to do so. Uh, You can order so many great, delicious foods, beer, coffee, cocktails, and and just a whole wide range of uh, products. And and all these local businesses are doing great, either takeout or curbside pickup or uh, even delivery services, uh, you know, so... So it's really not hard to support these local businesses. They're doing a lot to, to keep keep moving in this COVID environment, and um, we really want to show our support for them. So if you can do that, um, please do. And there is always the Lawrence Hospitality Workers Relief Fund. Um, Link is in our episode description. So please always check that out because it's doing great things to keep our food businesses going. Something else that you can do to help kind of spread the word about what different businesses are doing in Lawrence is to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating. That makes it easier for other people to find us so they can find out what's going on. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. You know, please go ahead, find our pages, like us, follow us comment let us know who you want to hear from um we're always looking to hear feedback from you and um yeah just love the community that we got out there and if you're a restaurant or a food business owner here in town and you're interested in coming on the show please just reach out on social media or you can send us an email at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know we are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to have you on the show thanks for listening we'll catch you next time